Hey Laura, how are you? Fabulous. How about you, Sam? I'm doing pretty well. Hey guys, we're actually recording on time. Nailed it. <laughs> Welcome back to Sam and Laura Make a Podcast. On our three-week street, or three-episode street. Three-episode street. We're doing yeah. well in 2020. Crushing it. We're going to really try not this to... This is going to be my year. <laughs> we're going to try not to break our break our elbow, patting ourselves on the back for this. I think I already did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, painful. Oh. <laughs> so, Laura, how's the last two weeks been? Busy. Yeah? So busy. Got the greenhouse going. My greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start seeding stuff tomorrow. I'm pretty stoked. And at work, we started getting plants in. So, yeah. It explains why I haven't seen you. Yeah. Hitting the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. It's about to get real. Well, I mean, it's mid-February. It's about that time again. That's true. Certainly, finally starting to feel like not so much winter, although it was very cold at the end of this week. Oh. <clears throat> a choice was made this week. Oh. Okay. The wedding has been moved. Your wedding? To 10 2020 Okay. Why have you moved it? Because that number is beautiful, and I won't forget it. Okay, you should probably probably let Steph know, because oh yeah, good point. Good yeah, point, good good point. point because she was planning time off. Good point. <laughs> and since she has to fly in from another country, this is also a good point. Uh huh. I'm I'm proud of you. This is why we haven't told very many people yet because yeah, then you'd have to change it. Yeah. So now you're the week after my tech. That's a lot of weddings in October for me. Who else gets married? Vanessa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got to save the date for us. Because oh, it's yeah. you, me, and Trey on it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gotta love that third wheel status. It is very nice. <laughs> Do you want me to pause this so you nope, can text you're good. her? The okay. wedding got moved to 10 10 20, 20. There, it's out. That is a nice number. Right? Oh, it's very symmetrical. It makes my, it makes my very organized little heart pitter-patter. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why we didn't just do it from the get-go, because we were talking about it multiple times. I mean, you were going to get married on my mom's birthday. No, that's a fair point. Yeah, not that that matters to either of you, <laughs> but it made it easy for me to remember. I also haven't told Jen yet the place where we're going to have the wedding. You should probably tell her that. Yeah. I'll remind me to text her after okay. this. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Okay. <laughs> good. Good things. Good things. Mm-hmm. I, just, I think that's everything, then. Is that everything? Okay. For now. For now. Yeah. How about you? Also really busy. Two uh, whole weeks it's been. <laughs> two audits down, two to go. Still waiting on one customer to decide officially on the last week in February. Um, so it's been kind of a whirlwind at work. Like, normally after a big audit, which was the first week in February, I would take like a week off. Um, not not going to happen this year. <laughs> Just too many things going on. But they've gone really well. I always feel kind of awkward. Um, it's something I've talked to the, everybody about. It's not my audit. Like, it's our audit, and I get to lead it, but it's not my audit. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> it's just like a little point of contention sometimes that I have with our guys. Like, if you don't do what you're supposed to do all year long, we're not going to have a good audit. Because mm-hmm. I'm just showing evidence of what we've done all year. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. So, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, <laughs> we are hosed. <laughs> bad things will happen. Uh, not bad things. It's <clears> just, <throat> like, I know where our holes are, so sometimes I can play better defense than others. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, that's been going on. Um, 
really kind of hard to focus on anything else. I got my first commissioned piece for pottery. Oh, yeah. Are you stoked? I I don't know how much to charge. Is it something you've already made or is it going to be... No, I'm going to make it for her. Are you going to make a new one? Yeah. It's a bowl, right? It's going to be a mug. A mug. She wants wants an inscription in the middle or on the inside. Oh, nice. So I spent way too much money on pottery things last night. (laughs) Like stamps and new glazes and all sorts of fun things. (laughs) Uh, There's a glaze set on... Amazon that I really want to get. Yeah. These look really pretty. Um, there's a jade color that I bought and then like a watermelon color that Ooh, I'm super excited to try. That'll be cool. Yeah. So um, I'll get started on that. I told her it might be a while because sometimes uh, at the studio it takes a while for things to get through the, yeah, the, the kilns. Did you go in today? I did not. I did not get in today. Um, so I'll have to start on Tuesday after the audit. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I, yeah, I'm having a little bit of, like, anxiety about it because I don't know what to charge. Like, I, I asked for advice on, on the Girls Girls Forum of some of the crafty people that sell things. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, <laughs> I also have looked at other Etsy stores to see what they charge. And it just, I don't know. It's, it's weird to think about charging for things that I've given away for five years. So, um, the thing that I can tell you about charging... Um, in relation to what I've learned this past year for setting up prices at work. Yeah. Think of all the things that are going into that one piece. Think of, like, so you have your 20-pound <clears throat> pound block of clay. Yep. Take that price and divide it by however much clay you put into that mug. Yeah, so I'll have to actually weigh a mug. Mm-hmm. And then think of how much your glaze is, and then you have to figure... So we always do, like, these are all the things that went into it. Mm-hmm. Double that. Yeah, that's what the one lady said in the, in the forum. It was like, double mm-hmm. your costs and then pay yourself. Yeah. Whatever your hourly rate should be. Mm-hmm. And then also just look at it and see if you think it seems fair. I mean, I think that there's a lot to be said about that, too. Do you think it seems fair? Well, I mean, there's some people, and, and they're really great artists, and they, they're really cool pieces, but they're charging like 60 bucks for a mug. See, that doesn't make sense to me. That's just silly. But people are paying it. Why? That's what I don't get. Because Why would you pay $60 for a mug? Because it's from a specific artist, I think. So it's just... And and that's like Steph was talking about. There were some um, farmer's markets in the D.C. area, and they'd go, and sometimes there were potters there. And she said they were selling mugs for 40 or 50 bucks, and she said they weren't even finished. So, I mean, that's an aesthetic difference of how we yeah. finish pots. So I think there's just such a wide variety in pricing that it makes me a little nervous to price it. Mm-hmm. So I'll... I think... I'll do some math and figuring it out. And I also have to figure out how much shipping's going to be. So, I, I mean, I'm still probably six weeks out if I time it so I get into the kiln on mm-hmm. time. So, <coughs> like, we're a ways out. <laughs> I have time to figure out how much to charge. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then I also have to think, of like, do you I sh- make business cards to put in with the package? You should, Yeah. And then, like, if I if I'm going down this road and I'm making a logo for the for the business, then like, all the pieces that go with that, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I think it'll take so long to build up inventory out of that out of the studio mm-hmm. because it takes so long to get pieces through that it makes me a little nervous to like, I won't like for a for an Etsy shop specifically, when you have a large amount of inventory, like you do a restock. Mm-hmm. It would take me a long time to build up enough stock to do 
like a full stocking of a of a shop. But I mean, there's some <clears throat> Etsy shops that I get onto that I like because they make some nice stuff. And but I know that if they sell out, it's going to be a while till they get it back in. I think there's Fair. something to be said about like it's if it's an Etsy shop, you know that person's probably making it by hand. Well, most of it's by hand. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's always going to be that layer of understanding. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll see how this one goes. It, it just, like, the idea of making something specific for someone that's paying for it is a little... Terrifying. Terrifying. Because, <laughs> I mean, I made Dustin a dish set, but that's my brother. Oh, did you make him a whole dish set? I got close. I did, like, I think I did six plates and six bowls. Nice. Yeah. They weren't all quite matching. That was, like, year three of pottery. <laughs> I like But they were pretty close. There's like a, lo- a pretty decent trend going on right now though. For, yeah, I yeah. really like it. Yeah. I really like it. I've thought about, so my cousin is uh, a chef in the Portland, Spokane mm. area, mm-hmm. which is very apart. So Spokane, he lives in Spokane now. He started in Portland. <laughs> All of it's those people different. in Washington. <laughs> I'm sorry. Washington, Oregon. Those are not the same area. <laughs> Um, what? But he's always looking for cool dishes. And I'm like, oh, if I made some and I made enough for him to do like a serving set, should I send them to him? It's always been like one of those things. It's in the back I of my mind. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. So, anyway, embarking down that path officially. So mm-hmm. I'll have to make a business card. You need to make a business card. We've I talked about this. I do. I'm yeah. considering killing the design portion of Laura's greenhouse and just showing pictures of design work. Just because I think it'll sound cleaner. Laura's greenhouse, I think, has a... Yeah, I think that sounds cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. It's always semantics when you try to pick a name, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You're like, meh. You always rebrand later. If you don't like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, guys, so today we have two kind of different topics. Um, I'm going to put a content warning here because we're going to talk about some sensitive things in the last half of the show. Um, So we're going to specifically talk about disordered eating. So if that's not something that you can listen to, please stay with us for the fun uh, birth charts we're going to go through. (laughs) A little bit of woo on a Saturday. Um, And then just come back and join us next time if that's not for you because it might get a little heavy. As life does, though. As life does. So, um, in this first half of the show, we're going to talk about birth charts. (laughs) Because uh, we haven't fully fallen down the woo train, but sometimes it's kind of interesting to see uh, what's going on. So, astrological birth charts, for anybody out there that's not following along. So, typically what you know of as your sun sign is, is your Leo or Capricorn or Sagittarius. But if you know the specific place you were born and the time you were born, there's multiple sites out there that will give you like a full natal birth chart of like where all the plans for aligning when you were born, which is very woo, but also kind of fun. So Laura and I both have done this. Um, I don't understand a lot of it. (laughs) There's also a lot. And to Laura's point, it kind of feels like a shotgun approach. Yeah, it seems like you just throw enough thoughts and ideas against the wall and then some of them are going to stick. Fair. But I I will say that some of the ones that I was reading were very specific to me. As as one does. Yeah. Something's going to stick. It's just like, Mm -hmm. 
Um, but there's also another thing where it says, you know, skepticism, and I'm feeling pretty skeptical, <laughs> which makes me feel 50-50. <laughs> I feel attacked. Yeah, I'm like, huh, no, how dare you call me out that way? So we're both Capricorns. But very, very different on the Capricorn... Like, yeah, when we were born. Yeah, because mm-hmm. actually you're at the tail end of Capricorn, aren't I guess, you? I think the end of Cap season is the 19th. Mm. So, okay. So there's a little I'm bit of closer, time. I'm like, closer to the middle-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be curious to meet someone who is the tail of Capricorn. Yeah. Just to see... In comparison to you at the yeah. start. Because you're the very first day of Capricorn season. Mm-hmm. Um... So, both of our sons are in Capricorn. So, Capricorn is the goat. <laughs> we are we are officially uh, a sign that's supposed to be very steadfast, kind of practical, feet on the ground, uh, eye on the prize kind of a sign. Oh, the goat is the sign of the devil. Whoa. I, I mean, let's not mix, mix things here. <laughs> Stop staring at me with your creepy eyes. <clears throat> um... And then Capricorns also turn their backs on things that they think are frivolous. So, I'm just saying, maybe maybe you not liking your natal chart is because of our sun sign. <laughs> like, we're, I do we're like, above this. <laughs> I do like a tad bit of frivolity. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. Man, that does fit though, doesn't it? Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I think the reason I am not frivolous is because I don't tend to have money extra to be frivolous. If I had more money, I think I'd be much more frivolous. Because when I do have money, I'm like, I'm going to buy chips and guacamole. <laughs> we're also earth signs. So, like, we're, we're grounded signs. The Capricorn is a very grounded sign. Because there's sense. earth, fire, wind. Or and, earth, fire, air. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Planet! <laughs> oh, I was going, I was going, um, Avatar. <laughs> they took it off Netflix. All I wanted to do was watch The Last Airbender, and it's off of Netflix. And I was very sad. I think you'd like it. No? I, I don't know. I, I like it. I'm not always into... Anime? Yeah. I don't know. Dre's tried a couple times. This is one I think you'd appreciate, but... There, we watched a couple that are good, but I don't know. It gets to this point where I'm like, this is just so much strife going on. I'm just tired of it. I think so many young adult novels today are, like, around dystopian worlds that it's not... It's uh, no wonder that we feel like we should overthrow things. Because we were brought up on Harry Potter and um, the... uh, What's the one series? The... The bow. Yep. Mockingjay. Yep. What's it called, though? Mm. Hunger Games. There we go. (laughs) Hunger Games series. Crazy little whistle. (laughs) So, you know, us wanting to take out all of the world's terrible political leaders. Kind of spot on. This is yeah. what they prepared us for in all the books. <laughs> um, Y'all did this. <laughs> okay, so there, from there, back to our birth charts, that's kind of where we diverge. So what's your ascending sign? Oh, gosh. Hang on. Go, go back, back down. Hang on. I think you were ascendant Scorpio, this... right? Wait. Oh, no, that's the sun. Is... There's so many things. There is there. a lot of it's things like, in here. a lot of stuff. And I have a really bad habit of having, like, zero ability to focus on things like it's this. Okay. Um, wait. So a short... <clears throat> that was the moon. You went too far. Oh, shoot. So, a short description of Capricorns, for anybody that does not know. Um, honest, reserved, circumspect, honorable, and strong-willed. Quietly ambitious within the realms of possible. Uh, she likes to take on responsibility, and she can work in the social domain. 
possible issues. We are sometimes bitter and have mistrustful minds. Wait, where are you reading from right now? At the short description. Right before. Okay, right before your sun. Okay, so Capricorn's here, right? All this stuff for Capricorn. Oh. Where's your ascendant? Your ascendant, mine is in Gemini. It's at the bottom of your sun sign. Oh. You went too far if you got to the moon. Capricorn with ascendant Pisces. Oh, yeah, you told me that. Um, so... Uh-oh. <laughs> Possible issues. Possible issues. Sometimes bitter and mistrustful mind. What are you talking about? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. We are getting into the weeds on this, guys. Um, so we're going to do the sun and the... Let's just do the house. sun and the moon. Yeah, go back down okay. to your moon. My moon is in yeah, Cancer. Yeah, the sun now. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hang on, I'm not to the moon yet. You're okay. The moon is in the 12th? No, you're not far enough. It looks like this. Technical difficulties. <laughs> We're on the same uh, site. All Mercury. right, I'm going to read... I got to Mercury. You went too far. How did I go too far? It's okay. I'm going to read this. mine, okay? No. <laughs> the moon! Ha ha! Okay, sorry, that was loud. Okay, my moon is in Cancer. And it says, this is the most subjective position of the moon. The moon is at home in the sign of Cancer, as the moon is a natural ruler of the sign. Are um, you reading I'm the very, short description? No. I'm very in touch with my feelings. Which, I don't know, kind of rings true. Yeah, I'd say so. Not, not used to be. Probably now, more so. Um, so the short description for moons in Cancer... She is likable and sociable, very sensitive to environmental conditions and surroundings. She likes home, habits, comfort, and her little world. <laughs> very very caring and protective of loved ones. Uh, potential issues. She is too impressionable and too sensitive. Could have family problems. Oh. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> What's your moon say about you? Um, the moon is in Scorpio. Ooh. Got... Scorpios are like those, that sign that, that loves to bone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not ringing true for Laura. Eh. <laughs> we don't have to get into not it. Not completely. Eh? No, I don't know. I think, I don't know. Scorpios um, have the bad habit or the bad uh, juju of like, I'll lock you in the closet and then go on the search party for you. Like, don't don't cross a Scorpio. <laughs> um, so, one of these little bits in here is... Uh, their deep-seated need for transformation and rebirth can manifest itself into the lives of lunar Scorpios in different ways. Most have powerful, emotionally intense lives. Some feel like it is beyond their control. <clears throat> these natives seem to attract emotional upheaval, and their li- lives appear to consist of plenty of dramatics, ups and downs. Which actually does... Kind of fit because I tend to be up and down. Yep, a little bit. And you will cut a bitch. Yeah, I will. I, when when I'm angry, I'm real angry. You're real angry. It's gotten better. Yeah, but. we talked about this. I think the first episode of 2020. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, weirdo cat. She is all up in your backpack. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but she really likes my backpack. Yeah. Hey, stop licking it. So, another thing is doing things halfway or having meaningless relationships simply doesn't fulfill them. And that's very on point because I don't Yeah, you don't do things halfway? No. Mm -mm. They seek out commitment and feel the need for a partner to give give up something for them. I don't really know about the give up thing, but... You seek commitment. I definitely seek commitment, yeah. Yeah. Again, I think 
I think this is just like anything. If it speaks to you and, and it like fits your spirituality. Oh. Oh, found something. Moon and Scorpio people radiate strength. Even in the absence of experience, they seem to just know things. I would say that's pretty on point. Because even if it's not something that I know 100% how to do, I will figure out how to do it. Yeah, we just both like jump into those things. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. So, short description. Courageous, brave, independent, not a fearful, not a fearful nature, a very sensual and progressive person. Potential issues. Ex- excesses of pleasure. Hmm? Difficulty letting go. Hmm, that's okay. true. Yeah. It's a lot of, there's a lot of ed- <coughs> sounds going on Excuse in that Guys, we were looking at birth charts um, on astro.cafeastrology.com. There's plenty of places out there. Like we talked about, um, if this is something that can interest you, you'll just need to know your time of birth and your place of birth. So um, if you have your birth certificate, it should be on there. If your mom or dad doesn't remember when you were popped into this world. Yeah. Yeah, Are we going to do the Mercury? We can. You can go down to Mercury. What's your Mercury? Capricorn? I think my Mercury is in... Oh, nope. Not, didn't go far enough. Now I'm experiencing technical difficulties. <clears throat> so, yeah, my Mercury's in Capricorn, too. Yeah. Her mind, is, her mind compartmentalizes impressions. And, and she appreciates she structure and order. order. Yeah, that's pretty on point. Yeah. I think... Um, like, when I read some of the some of the synopsises, and again, like you talked about, sometimes it's a shotgun approach, but most of them typically do read pretty true to me. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I just, some of it I'm kind of like, well, Even the negative factors. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, if you guys want to join us, um, also, if you are into woo stuff, Tracy White for the Girls Girls um podcast world does a podcast called glow girl and so she this last week went through like every sign and like (laughs) the good things and the bad things about those signs so she's kind of a fun one to listen to if you like more of the woo and the spirituality (laughs) type stuff saturn is in capricorn she can be scrupulous honest correct worthy and respectable potential weaknesses melancholy sullenness disappointment and bitterness yeah bitterness (laughs) Have a moment. Uh, some tendencies of being a tad bit better. It's okay. Everybody needs a little bit better ready in their life. Pluto! Yeah, Pluto's still a planet. Oh, fear of betrayal. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going <laughs> to probably take you down a notch here. Lilith. Lilith? We're yeah. Okay. Sorry. You're yeah. fine. We started this. Okay. I'm sorry. I mean, you have it now on your phone so you can read through it. At your leisure. Lilith. Black moon Lilith represents our darker, deeper natures that may be repressed or buried. Lilith. I love the name Lilith. I do too. Lilith, I think, is supposed to be a demon. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. Like the right hand of the devil. Isn't it a biblical name? Yeah. Yeah. But I do like, I love the name Lilith. Yeah. It's, it's a real cool name. Mm Mm-hmm. Lilith. Yeah. Sweet chicken. Sweet chicken. <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. What okay, was? That's from. like awesome sauce. <laughs> Ooh, throwback. Throwback <laughs> to awesome sauce. Hashtag FF2012. <laughs> I swear it was 28 2K13. I don't know, man. I couldn't tell you. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> All 
All right, guys, we're going to, like I said, content warning. Um, if the if talking about disordered eating is not something that you can listen to, so probably check out now and come back next next podcast with us in a couple of weeks. Um, I wanted to talk specifically about this. Uh, it is something I have struggled with, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what the difference is between disordered eating and eating disorders, because there is a difference. Um, and then we'll just... I'll, I'll give my story. It's going to suck because I just started talking about it in therapy, but Ooh. I feel like it's it's a something um, I I think a lot of women and, and not just women, but people go through, and it's another thing that we don't talk about because of shame. And so I'm going to lean in to that and talk Shame's about it. Shame's a real bugger. It is a real bugger, um, and it's something that uh, I can talk to directly and it's, it will be my experience personally uh, so if it rings true for you or not just just remember I don't have the perfect language to talk about this um, there are many many resources online um, many people to follow on Instagram um, many people with podcasts that talk about these topics that do it more justice than I do uh, and I will try to make sure that in the show notes I put some of those people so if you're looking for resources, uh, they're there for you. <clears throat> okay, so a couple of facts that I uh, looked up before this, because I wanted to make sure we talked in factual um, statistics. So at least 30 million people of all ages and gender suffer from eating disorders in the U.S. Every 62 minutes, at least one person dies as a direct result of an eating disorder, and eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. And the, the difference between eating disorders and disordered eating is kind of the scope of it. So there are certain markers that you have to have uh, for it to be a clinical diagnosis of anorexia, bulimia, um, orthorexia, eating disorders of another type. So there's specific... What's orthorexia? Orthorexia is like the clean eating phenomenon taken to the nth degree. Oh. So, like, everything has to be raw to the, to the extent that you're harming your own health. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like I talked about, it's all about the degree. Uh, and because some of, the, some of the pieces are subjective and a lot of, specifically the U.S., because um, that's all I have experience with, uh, a lot of the medical profession in the U.S. are uh, pretty fat-phobic. Sometimes people of bigger sizes that should be diagnosed um, with bulimia or uh, binging, purging, those types of disorders do not because they are, there's a weight requirement. <clears throat> really? Yep. There's a weight requirement. That's dumb. Very much so. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty, pretty tough um, to talk about some of those pieces. I think... Uh, Within eating disorders, there's there's the ones that we know about, right? So anorexia, bulimia, um, those specific ones are the ones that we think about when uh, those those topics come up, and like the mental picture of what those people look like are thin white girls, right? So that's not necessarily the case. That's not true. Uh, it's also something that I think tends to be glamorized. Again, this is my opinion. Um, in different social structures, 
And there's nothing really glamorous about it if you're in the middle of a, of a disordered eating bout or if you have a full-blown eating disorder that's diagnosed. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> that's kind of some of the facts. Uh, I think when I start to think about my relationship with food, it's been kind of a challenging one since I was little. Um, I was one of only two girls in my high school class and I remember in high school, like, being, I think it was probably like 150 pounds. I'm about 5'9". So BMI-wise, that's on the upper scale because the BMI is a stupid bullshit. Which is dumb because, <laughs> like, 150 pounds is what I always, like, that mm-hmm. was my weight from, I don't know, at least <clears throat> end of middle school until mm-hmm. probably mid-college. Right. But in my school, I was a, I was a big girl. Really? Quote, unquote, a big girl. Yeah. Is is the moniker that I had. Seriously? Seriously. Like, I played post. Uh, I was one of the taller ones. Like, if you go back and look at some of the rosters, mm-hmm. they were saying that I was 5'11". I am not 5'11". I'm 5'9 like, <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> She's 5'11". Well. So, yeah. Uh, dating bios and high school rosters. Places where you can lie about your height. <laughs> um... So I was always considered a big girl. And so uh, in a lot of ways, that small town mentality and not being able to like see, see representation, I think was really a problem. Um, there was definite time periods in my life at that point when I restricted eating um, because of that reason. So like if I just, if I have three hours of practice and I just don't eat, uh, but, like, one meal a day, like, how many calories could I burn? Like, it was always, that that's a mental thing that's always in my mind. Uh, and I think it stems from that, specifically. Um, Dude, words fuck people up. <laughs> well, it also is really damaging to your metabolism, because you're a growing child, right? So you need mm-hmm. calories. I was also a three-sport athlete, so we'd well, have... you definitely needed calories. Right, right. So you need as many calories as you can put into your body at that time. Mm-hmm. And then when you're, like... You have this evil demon on your shoulders like, well, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. That's too much. You can't eat that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you're, you're literally damaging your, your body doing that because you're not giving it the calories that it needs. So it's always going to go into starvation mode because you're, you're literally starving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so not great relationship with food. I got to college. Uh, like, I, I kind of got over it because I could see more people... Um, I was not a big girl. I still don't consider myself a, a big girl. Uh, now, there are some moments that I'm like, body issue image. Dude, body clothes. image issues. Clothes, I think, are the worst. Right. Anytime I have to try on clothes, I always like get super negative with myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why. It's just the most ridiculous thing. Well, it's also about sizing. So I wear anywhere from a size 10 up to like a size... Yeah. 14, 16. It's so stupid. Why? What? How right. does that even happen? Well, I mean, some of it's vanity sizing, and some of it's just, like, they want their sizes to be aimed towards, a, or they want their brand to be aimed towards a specific style of woman. I'm just like, why can't we be like men and have our sizes normal? Yeah. Why can't why? we have regular clothes with pockets? Right. Normal, normal clothes. Why can't clothes just be freaking normal? Yeah. Um, so got through college, not any huge issues there. Um, 
I was diagnosed at that time with PCOS, which also fucks with your hormones, um, causes not fun side effects. Uh, so for anybody that does not know, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which in and of itself like causes a lot of hormonal issues um, in women, uh, causes weight gain because your hormones are all fucked up. So that's a fun sword. <laughs> Double-edged sword there. Dude, being a woman sucks. Um, Here, your hormones are off. It's going <laughs> to fuck everything up. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, got through college and then took my first job outside of college. And then about a year after I got there, my dad passed away. Um, and that's when, like, some of the... Whew, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> when some of the coping mechanisms that are... are specifically um around restriction and and those pieces started like fold their way back into my life because everything was out of control and i think the thing that people think about most when they think about anorexia or bulimia is that they are mental diseases about weight in a lot of ways they're mental diseases about control because if you are a teenage girl or um, someone who's trans or any of those things, the amount of control you don't have over your life is huge. And so the, if the one thing that you can control is what you put into your body, then you're going to you're gonna be able to control that. And so then it became um, kind of a, a situation of really, really abusive, self-destructive habits that no one could see because I lived alone. So, ooh, you might have to pause. Because you're looking at me with the eyes. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think, so, I never knew about any of it until I think, oh gosh, was it a I, year or two ago? I think ago? I told you when I got to North Dakota. Is that when you told me? Yeah. Because I know, I remember you telling me and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It's a very shameful disease. Because there's so much, there's so much tied into your self-worth as a woman that's that's a that's tied to your body, right? Which is just such bullshit. It is bullshit. But it was also for me very grief driven and it it echoed the lack of control I felt in high school that I was trying to gain back. Um but it, it went a little further because anytime the grief would kick in like, it just felt like I needed to empty my body. Mm-hmm. So in high school, it was restrictive behaviors. When I had the loss, it was very much... It wasn't even binging. It was just purging. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I got sad, everything would come up. Oh, man. So, <laughs> uh, a very destructive pattern started to emerge. Because I would go to work. I would not have eaten breakfast because I felt so awful. That, like, I physically couldn't hold anything inside my body. I do remember we would talk about that, that you, like, <laughs> hadn't eaten things. Correct. And I was like, you need to eat things. Um, maybe I would get lunch. Maybe I wouldn't. I was also working 80 hours a week. Yeah. Um, that... Which, at the time, was what I needed to do to keep moving. Fair point. Uh, and then... Double-edged sword. Maybe I would grab something on my way home. Uh, I would go to the gym and work out for, like, an hour, hour and a half still maybe not have eaten if I did eat something it usually would come back up Mm -hmm. um and that was a good solid 
four months. So, I, and I want to take a pause here. And the damage that you do to your body when you do these behaviors is pretty extreme. So specifically with bulimia, if you're binging and purging, it takes a really big toll on your heart. Um, the acid that you're bringing up has a really big impact on like your esophagus, um, your on your teeth. Um, the big one is heart, right? Though, that you might not is think it about. The, is it the pressure of... I haven't done as much research as I should, but like if you're in the bathroom after a purging session, like uh-huh. you can feel your heart. It just is like know. beating out of your chest. It's like any time that like if I'm sick, like your whole body just feels just yeah. so it you ache. Yeah. Horribly. And I think the worst part is is like for some reason my brain is like now you feel better. Cuz I don't know if there's a dopamine release at some point there. That's a good. That's a good question. Yeah, I would imagine that. Like, so if you're like when you were thinking when like remember me- having memories and like feeling the loss and stuff, and your stomach starts getting really worked up and nervous, mm-hmm. then it would feel better to like have it out because then there's nothing left in there to be angry. Correct. So that I mean that makes sense. It's man, our bodies are so fucking weird, right? I Sometimes, mean, yeah. In the in the Some, like, in your the brain, <laughs> in your brain, yeah, brains are oh, brains are real jerks. <laughs> yeah, um, and again, Ooh. like I was hiding all of this from family. I was hiding all of this from friends because it was shameful. Like the mental image of of the the too thin girl that just needs to eat something that we have associated with anorexia or or bulimia or any type of eating disorder is not true. That mental picture should be, like, shaking, terrified on the floor of your bathroom after a purge. Like, that's, that's the real, the real piece. But it's, it's so, I don't know, it makes me really upset that you felt shame for it. Because you shouldn't feel ashamed, you should, like, I want you to be able to reach out and say, like, hey, I need, I need help with something because I don't know yeah I think but I also understand why because it's I mean it's scary right like if it's something that you don't know how to talk to people about it's just well we don't talk about mental illness in good ways yeah in this country and there's so much shame and stigma to those that's what this is Mm -hmm. you're like I don't have control over my body Mm -hmm. and I don't have control even all, even though all of these things are, are control-driven, at least in my case, control-driven functions, like it just it feels like I'm out of control. And like mm-hmm. if I can just do this one thing, mm-hmm. I can get everything back to normal. So that was one of the reasons why I knew I had to leave Ogden, because um, there was not support there. I was working too many hours. Like it was really, really easy to be in that situation with myself because there was no one there to stop me. You were working a lot. Yeah. And I, I've got, I have a good friend that lived in Ogden and like, if you are listening, because I sent you the link to this, this is not on you. Like this is, the reason I could not tell you was for, for many reasons, but the big one is shame. Like this is not on you for not seeing it. This is just what it was. So, 
I don't want you to feel bad. <laughs> or you to feel bad, or anybody to feel bad. It just... That kind of made me, like... Because you know how... So, not that this is the same thing, but... Like, take Anthony Bourdain, for example. Like, people were very, very surprised, right, when he took yeah. his life. But it... Because people didn't see it coming. Like, so this is something that... Like, I knew you weren't doing well, but I wouldn't have saw this coming. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, like... It's really interesting to me how... It's kind of like a switch, right? You go out in public and you're like, all right, flip the switch. Like, don't let people... Don't let people see. Yeah, don't let people see it. Yeah. And that's also how we treat grief, right? Yeah. Of, like, you have to keep it all together. You have to keep all your pieces together while you're in public because, God forbid, we show emotion in public. So, Somebody... that's part of it. Who was it that, um... I said something to someone about, like, I can't remember who it was, but them being upset still for a loss. And not still, but, like, being upset, and it had been a while after, and they made a comment of, like, well, it's been a while, they should be fine. It's like, I don't think that's how any of that works. Like, no, I don't think that's right at all. Unfortunately, that's the mentality most people have until they go through something like that themselves. Mm -hmm. And so then when you're in it yourself, you're like, I should feel better now. Everybody thinks that I should feel better now, so I should feel better now. I think everybody handles those things in their own way and should not be judged and told, well, it's been X amount of months, years, therefore you are better, correct? Yeah. I don't... I don't know. I, that just... It, it's like different people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for different people that you lose in your life, you feel different levels of grief. So it makes sense that your level of grief is going to... Like, the time of it is... And yeah. is a person ever fully healed, right? I mean, you're always going to have those moments I mean, you're always going to be missing that person in your life. Yeah. It's... Um, there's always going to be bittersweet moments. Mm-hmm. So, once I left Ogden, um, I was still, so under less pressure because of the the job change, but I was still living by myself. Um, And so, maybe, I don't know, six months after I got to North Dakota, I'm like, this is not going well. No, it it was almost two years after Dad passed away before I sought help, I think. Oh, and that's when you started seeing uh, Claudia? Yep, when I started seeing my first therapist. And we were doing specifically grief work. And I never talked to her about the eating issues that I was having. Um, In times of severe stress, like, I still fell back on restrictions. I still fell back on uh, some of those pieces. So I think maybe clinically I probably should have been diagnosed, but I was never to the extreme point of hospitalization that would have forced that diagnosis. Um, And as I started to work through some of the grief pieces, like, there was other things that were coming to mind that, like, man, this isn't... Like, you know it's not good for you, and you're like, I I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this to myself, which is, I'm sure, something... So anybody that self-harms, so whether it's cutting or or doing drugs or any of those things. Like, you know you shouldn't be doing it to yourself, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just do it anyway because it's what you know. Yeah. 
Um, so the behaviors continued. They were less severe in North Dakota as I worked through grief counseling. Uh, Do but you think having your like the house, since it was like actually your house, you could focus on those types of things? Yeah. yeah. So you could switch the energies into working on projects and stuff, but, yeah. which is still kind of pushing it. So, but you found help though too to like yeah. go and start talking to someone. I do think so. After I broke my leg, it was pretty dark because, like, in in a lot of ways, oh, like I shift. Sorry, I just saw your neighbor like through the window. It was literally like a sliver of a person. Oh my gosh, that scared the absolute life out of me because the light was shining on her face and it was like a ghost. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're okay. Holy cow. Now back to our normally scheduled not fun things to talk about. Oh my lanta. <laughs> Holy moly. I'm like shivery right now. I'm Jeez, sorry, friend. No, we're, that's weird. How have I never seen... How has that never happened before? I don't know. Like, Just we could have made eye contact. Just timing. Anyway, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh... Yeah, but after I broke my leg, it was pretty dark because I had realized that instead of maybe the the food restrictions, I'd gotten into the game of if I exercise X amount, then I could justify my food intake for the day, which is just as destructive as restrictions. It's why I cannot calorie, calorie count. It's why I can't do anything like that because it becomes a game of how little can I do. Like, what's the lowest number I can survive on in a day? Is what my brain does to me. Holy shit. Yep, it's not great. <laughs> I I tried that. See, we're nonsense. talking about these things, and I'm like, I'm a little nervous because I've ne- we've never talked about this before. Well, I think so. I think I remember mentioning you once that I considered doing like the calorie counting thing. It was when I was doing the office job, and I really needed to like figure my life out because I yeah, was. You felt bad. Yeah, I was bored, and I was. I don't. I don't know. I just. I hated it. I hated. I was really. Yeah, angry at that point in time and then when I'm bored and frustrated I turn to food because snacks are delicious duh but it added a lot quickly and I remember we talked about it once and you were like just be, be careful. careful it's a, it's a slippery slope it's a dangerous game and I think for me it was kind of a I don't know I, I was it was like I saw the goal that I wanted to stay at but then I'd be like, oh, but look at that stuff. And then it kind of was like, eh, fuck it, I'm not going to count anymore. <laughs> I yeah. just, I don't know. I, But I, my, I my brain does mean things. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think my brain does mean things, but in different ways. Yeah. So, you know, through my time in North Dakota, I'd been trying to find some peace with it. I think that there wasn't as much stress in my life at that time. And so, like, some of the behaviors kind of fell off because I I was working through grief, and that was a big trigger for me. Like, anytime I'd get sad, all the food would come out. That's just what it would do. Um, So I was working through those feelings, and I was working through a lot of different things at that time. And so some of the behaviors kind of dropped away. When I moved to Omaha, instant increase in stress. And I have found that that is the other trigger that I have for those behaviors. Um, The first few months that I lived here I fell back into the behaviors I'd had in Ogden so not not the purging at the end of the day but very much restrictive throughout the day I remember this um and it was just 
if I can control what goes into my body, maybe I can control all the chaos of the new job and everything that was going wrong at the new job and trying to fix a, a plant that was broken. Yeah, we lived together for how many months was it? And it was like we were two ships in the night because you, you were busy and I was busy and it was like, yeah, we lived together, but we still like barely saw each other. Yeah. Which is nuts when you think about it. Yeah. Um, so stressful situations, again, would bring that back to the forefront. Um, and it's just, it's something that I know for me is always going to be a pretty slippery slope of it'd be really easy to fall completely into an eating disorder, um, which I honestly think that I, I had one and I was not clinically diagnosed. But I think um, as I look at the last kind of six months and I talk specifically with my therapist here about it and when I was searching for a new therapist, it was one of the things that I knew I had to deal with that I'd never talked to anybody else about, um, that I hadn't talked to my sister, Laura, anybody about, because it was just this, like, throbbing corner of shame <laughs> that you can't let anybody know this is in your head, like, this is what your head does, because it's shameful. Um, and when I first was starting to interview new therapists, like, if I had a reaction of that, that's not a thing, like, if I talked about disordered eating, Mm-hmm. as being one of the things that I did that was harmful to myself and they like poo-pooed me about it I'm like well I can't see you about it because mm-hmm. you don't think that it's a thing yeah so do you feel so um since you just recently started talking to your therapist about it do you feel a little bit better from it or is it still like a super raw I guess do you I I have like I'm kind of... You're in the middle of some intense stuff. Yeah, and I don't know... There's something that I kind of want to talk to her about, but I also don't really want to talk about it because I feel really ashamed of it. And I don't really know... I know I need to just talk. I know I just need to talk because I don't... I would say rip the Band-Aid off. Like, when I went in to talk to her about it, like, I'd made up my mind that this session, like, I was going to rip the Band-Aid off. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right after we'd had that CPR class. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, like, it had been a really rough week. We'd had a CPR teacher come in after my colleague died at work, and nobody had told her why she was there. And so, like, she was joking, and, like, it was, oh, oh no. very bad. Did, did someone ever tell her? <laughs> someone told her for the afternoon class, but the morning class was all the elevator guys and me. Oh, no. So it was, it was awful all this all everybody who worked with him. yeah oh, <laughs> i was like okay no. i need to go home now <laughs> oh she probably felt very 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 i i mean yeah not i mean she, it was it was gonna be bad for me regardless yeah because you. my history with my dad passing away and like <laughs> the idea of having to do my mom had done cpr for an hour before the ambulance showed up. Which still is just so... Yep. So after learning how to do CPR and, like, how physically exerting that is, I'm like, who, buddy? So it was was a bad day. Yeah. And so, like, part of me was like, well, you could just not tell her. (laughs) Because you've had a shitty day and, like, this is going to take an extreme act of bravery to get out of your mouth. 
I'm glad that you did, but I also understand that was that was it was very, a, it was a tough day. Yeah, holy like, shit! And I like paused. Like we had probably 20 minutes left in the session. I'm like, so just give me a minute. There's something I needed to talk to you about today, um, and I decided I was going to talk to you about it today because I need to talk to you about it. Uh, but it's been a really rough day. So give me just a minute, and then I have this like all word vomit out of my mouth. You, when you word vomit, do you tear vomit as well? Yes. Because, man, I fucking... Every time that I get into something, I'm like... <gasps> and I, I also stop breathing. Yeah! In those moments. And so then, like, I can't catch my breath. Do you get warm? I get I so warm. Like, like, like I'm warm. I'm warm right now. Just, like, radiates. <laughs> I am, I'm very nervous to put this out into the, to the world. Understand. Yeah. Um, but... I will say that it is helping. So it's been very stressful the last few weeks at work um, and in general. And I I have not fallen back onto most of the habits. Like there's still some days like I can feel myself restricting of like you can eat when you do this rather than just feed your body kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. My brain's an asshole. Um, but I haven't fallen back into the extremes of the purging or any of that. So, I, for me, it has helped to, like, push the bushel basket over and look at the not nice thing. It really sucks. <laughs> this is really hard. Talking about it and not, like, getting teary about it. I'm a little teary about it. Just because it's, like, nervous you're, energy. You're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. <laughs> Um, so, like, if these are any, anything that you struggle with, or any part of my story kind of resonates with you, I, I implore you, find someone to talk to about it. It doesn't have to be a clinical therapist. Um, it could be your GP. It could be your, your doctor. But someone in your life needs to know, because so much of what makes so many mental disorders so dangerous is the shame surrounding them keeps us from getting help. And that's, that, that is anything from depression and anxiety through eating disorders to anything like that. The conversations around mental health in the U.S. suck so bad. And like I said at the start of this, my words are imperfect. I am sharing my story. If it doesn't ring true or, or what I said doesn't ring true to you, that's, that's perfectly fine. This is just my experience with it. Um, and I'll try to make sure that I provide some of those links to people to, for people to follow uh, on Instagram or, or other podcasts that I've listened to that really help. Um, when I started to like try to peel back the onion of, hey, why why are you doing this to yourself? So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> Just a fun Saturday. <laughs> Good times. So, I, yeah, I guess in closing, guys, just be gentle with yourselves. The, the society that we live in makes it really hard sometimes to be just a human in a body. Especially a female human in a body. Yeah. So It's like an added layer of shit. Yeah. Ick all the time. Yep. Yep. So just be gentle with yourself if you're going through something similar or going through anything. Um, grief counseling 
is something that I, I had to do. Um, and I, with most therapy, it's not much fun to take out the unshiny pieces and look at them. But keeping them hidden does not help you. And eventually it will come out one way or another. And the coping mechanisms that you'll develop are not usually very healthy. I'm getting worried eyes from my friend. No, I'm just, <laughs> my brain is braining a lot right now. It's, it's braining about other things. I've wanted to do this for like a year and a half, even before I told, like when we started podcasting, I'm like, ooh, I should talk about this because it's a big thing. And it's a big scary thing to put out in the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I'm glad that you're talking about it. I'm also glad that you found help yeah. about it or for it. Yeah. It just, I'm probably going to send this to a couple friends because there's a few of them that I don't know quite understand that my relationship with food is pretty fucking shitty. I think I know who you're going to send it to. Well, I and, I have an idea. and I mean, again, like if you don't have the experience with it, I, I would just, I would caution everyone to maybe think about some things that they say because they really don't know who in their life might be going through something like this. Because um, you didn't know, and we're very close. Yeah. And I think it's made me more aware of things. I also think that, I don't know. I don't know how to describe what I'm thinking right now. Sometimes I don't have the words that... You don't have to have the words, hon. No. Alright, so let's end on a cheerful note. Anything fun coming up in this coming two weeks? I'm going to start seeding tomorrow in my own greenhouse. That is fun. Mm-hmm. I want to put in a butterfly garden in the back. And I got very excited. Like, up on the ledge. It'll be... That'll be cool. That'll yeah. be super cool. Because yeah. there's plenty of room for plants on the ledge. Mm-hmm. 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 That'll be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so many excited faces from Laura. I'm getting ideas already. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to go home on Friday, like home home, and watch my brothers. He's coaching basketball. So, yay. <laughs> it's a home game, too. Yeah. Fucks with my head a little bit. Oh. Oof. I don't think I've I don't think I've been in the gym since one of Drew's last games. So it's been like dang, it's been a been a hot minute. Has your mom been going to the games? She went to one the I think last week. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that he's getting out and like finding something <clears throat> to do. Well, I mean, he has all of Cherry County looking for a wife for him now. So oh no, <laughs> that's what he gets for wearing suits and looking sharp. <laughs> he's all like, the- why would I look for a girlfriend? The entire county's looking one for one. All for the moms me. are like. Oh, bud. (laughs) Uh, So that's kind of my fun thing. (laughs) All right, guys. Again, thank you for listening. Um, Much love to everybody out there. And I'm sorry that it was kind of a down, down podcast on the end, but I think it's an important topic, and I wanted to be honest and share it. So have a good couple of weeks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.